In the managed care system, the people are represented by two separate yet equally important groups. The HCC Risk Adjustment Department, who tracks down medical records and ICD-10 codes, and the Quality Stars Team, who partners with primary and specialty providers to ensure ideal clinical outcomes. These are their stories. Back on the Last Day Radio Network HealthCast series, I have one of uh, my favorite people in this industry. That uh, she's been a mentor to me. She's been a, a family friend. We, we have a relationship in, in the DMV area, and, and that's been one of our biggest affiliates and in, in areas of support. Um, Anita Jenkins, uh, she is the CEO of Howard Hospital and just someone that I have the utmost respect for and, and, and just have learned so much from her over the years. It's, it's fantastic to have you back on the show. We haven't talked on this show in a while. I think the last time I had you it on, is. it was actually for my Roku TV show and we did we did a podcast and, and that was aired on the television network. But uh, so much has happened since then in, in, in both of our lives. And I wanted to bring Anita in to talk about uh, everything that's been going on at Howard Hospital. I just I just know that you've really been building out your staff and, and really kind of putting your imprint on on which is a very important hospital in, in the D.C. area. So just thank you so much for, for spending some time with me. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for having me again. It's good to talk with you. Oh, absolutely. Um, so what's been going on, just to, to kind of dive in, because I know time is of the essence. Last time we talked, we were in, uh, we were on the front lines of COVID. Well, you were on the front lines of COVID. And you talked a lot about morale. You talked about some of the challenges you have. If I remember correctly, you came on right before the, the pandemic really spiraled. Uh, you were just coming into the, to the CEO chair as the pandemic sure. was exploding and you started to get into the lockdowns, you started to get into the situations where, where there are a lot of sick people, especially elderly people. And that's just a difficult challenge for, for anyone. How, how did everything turn out? I know that you did a phenomenal job at Howard hospital with your numbers, but, but how, how are you able to put your stamp and really get your staff up and running sure. and kind of your strategy implemented during that process? Thank you so much for allowing me to, <laughs> Just put this into a sentence or two. We started February 17th, 2020. And as you know, it became a worldwide pandemic right. or a pandemic in March. And so I barely knew my way to the bathroom games before right. we were truly fighting a disease no one knew how to fight. Right. And I'm telling you, um, it was an honor to be a part of the team at Howard University Hospital the physicians and practitioners at Howard University Hospital that um, we, you know, if we were finding out how do we fight it, what is it that we are fighting? I remember the day when one of our physicians walked in and said, wait a second, black and brown people are dying more. And then mm. we knew we had a different mm. fight. And when she said that, we then it's like, why are we dying more? And then it was, oh, now let's have the, the uh, pre-existing condition conversation. Right. But when you start talking about, yes, we survived COVID, yes, we are still surviving the economic and employment crisis that is still a tsunami in our country and certainly a tsunami in our healthcare industry. So we are still surviving that. And now it's time to say and have that crucial conversation. So, oh, wait, now let's step back because we're still sick. We are still suffering more from hypertension and heart right. disease and diabetes. We are still having um, less grocery stores, healthier food access. 
So um, now that conversation is still going on. I've had the opportunity to have a cooking show uh, to, to start saying, well, wait a second. Let's see if we can eat out less. It saves money. I mm. know it seems like we can go to McDonald's and feed our little family for five bucks, eight bucks, 15 bucks. But I guarantee you, you can make a pot of beans and rice and cornbread pretty cheap and it'll last you a couple of days. Right. So I, I'm having different conversations that I'm proud to have. And that's why Howard University Hospital has always existed. And that's why I'm here. That's why our team's here, James. What are what are some of the challenges, uh, Anita, in the areas that service that are serviced by by Howard Hospital? You talked about you talked about access to to food and, and water. Sure. Kind of getting into some of the social determinants of health lens. What if you live if you live in the local area that that generally people would be coming to to your hospital or to some of your provider groups that are part of uh, the network? What are some of the challenges that people face in those areas of, of sure. DC? Sure, it's access to healthcare. Right. It's access to healthy food. It's access to a safe environment. We are a level one a level one trauma center that we know that um, looking at what's outside um, and impacting violence um, in our city, um, we have to go, we have to do something more. Uh, morally, I can't just be a trauma center, and that is why our trauma team is working so hard to have a trauma program that not just impacts people after they are shot, stabbed, or, or, mm. or injured, but to have a program. We just took 75. I was so proud to be invited. Our trauma team has a program where they have mentored for the last four years, high school students. We took 75 students to go see Wakanda Forever. Together. Oh, nice. We talked with them. Yeah, we talked with them about um, looking beyond what you see and experience right now because there is a lifestyle outside of the violence that wow. you have experienced in your lifetime. And I'm telling you, I am so proud of that team and what we are doing. Those are the quiet activities that are going on that are trying to make a difference before we, um, we are just that emergency department. But mental health, cardiac, diabetes, all of the service lines that we have are still a problem for us post post-pandemic. Uh, right. we, we still have those same levels. Now, um, we are also finding that people have waited too long to get care because of COVID. Yeah. So now we've got a different set of problems. Right. People are sicker coming in. People are still using emergency departments as their health care. So we have to grow that front door and, and make sure that we are available and accessible for access of care. So we're still fighting those things, but I will, I will also put out there Mental health is off the chain. Our young people are, are committing suicide. Oh, um, our mental health, um, we just experienced in our hospital, we had a pregnant delivering mother with a severe mental illness. So it was all hands on deck to take care of this patient who had several things going on. That's the work that we do, and that's, that's, that's the activity that we have in our hospital. And so it's, it's pretty complex. No, it's uh, phenomenal work. If you're just tuning in, I'm talking to Anita Jenkins, CEO of Howard Hospital. Anita has been a longtime mentor of mine and a, and a friend of the family. Like I, uh, I, I was friends with with the <laughs> with with her to the level 
that I'm at the house <laughs> and I'm opening up the refrigerator without asking. I'm I'm just saying, hey, yeah, that some, is, is, there, is there some orange juice in there? I'm coming in there to get the orange juice. I, I know where the you I know where the, I know where the cups are. I know where the cups and plates are. Um, uh, I can tell stories about Anita for days. Her her daughters oh, used to. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> her I mean positive stories. Her daughters used to beat the brakes off of me at Scrabble. Once upon a time, ah, and, and yes, Monopoly, you have spent a lot of time at, at her house over the years playing Scrabble, <laughs> Monopoly, Uno, all of that stuff. So it's, it's more than just business uh, with her. But I really look up to her. I've really marveled at at her career. I want to okay. ask you one last question, and, and thank you for spending some time sure. with me. I love talking to leaders because I learn so much every time I talk to a CEO or a president. Um, as an aspiring <laughs> leader myself, I learn so much from listening to people's philosophy towards leadership, especially women, especially black women, because we know that black women get paid less than their than their white counterparts and even get paid less than black men. Um, so women have to fight through so many other things beyond um, yeah. just their knowledge. You know, they have to fight through so many other things to ascend into into high leadership positions. So I'm always intrigued <laughs> by by strategic elements of, of how they build, how people build their teams, how people are able to actually put the chess pieces in place. How have you been able to thrive as a leader, as a motivator, as a mentor? My experience is, um, I, I, one, I do put a lot, I am faith-based, and I do know that God has um, a plan for us, and that uh, we have to be smart. There is language in God's word that says you have to be wise. And so it is important for us to understand how, the game is played and how you have to prove yourself and then demand your um, value. And so it is, uh, it's been an interesting journey. But when I was asked, and I had been working for a, an organization in Ohio called Kettering Health, mm -hmm. where I was a COO and one of the presidents of their hospital, female CEOs and presidents are very few in the United States. I actually belong to the American Hospital Association's Black Female CEOs. That's awesome. And, it, you know, the conversations that we have are so very interesting. You know, how did you, how, how were you able to press through that final ledge? And, you know, what happens when you get there? And some of the things that happen, um, you know, fair enough, are happen, that happen to every CEO, right? Um, you know, people aren't used to you. They don't understand your work. They don't appreciate your style, some things like that. And so you just have to prove that they work or you have to understand. But then you have to be humble enough to learn what's the organization where you are, that, that you are joining. Mm. What is the culture that you have to understand and appreciate? And what is it that you have to do differently at this place that you did at that place? So you do have to be flexible. You have to be able to adjust your style to be successful. Um, we came on at such a troublesome time that all of our styles had to be adjusted because we came into not just an opportunity to uh, transition and, and, and work through improving Howard University Hospital, but into a crisis. So coming into a crisis really allowed me to say, wait a minute, I do care about your lives. Right. Wait a minute, I care about the lives of the community that we serve. And so it took me there, and I, I, I think faster, and we had to be deliberate, deliberate about the language that we spoke. Mm. And uh, my, my gender um, had, did not come into play as much as, oh, my, we need a leader who will stay. And I'll end with this story. Uh, the hospital, I came in, my husband and I joined February 17th, 
and we came in and it's COVID and we're watching the George Floyd marches right oh, out wow. of our yeah. temporary housing on wow. H Street, two blocks from the White House. Wow. Um, we heard the explosion when someone was holding a Bible out in front of a church, but that's, we have a long, I can talk a long time about that. And we were standing there and I remember saying on a leadership call, because we couldn't gather together. And I said, I just want to thank everyone for the thoughts and prayers. My husband and I found a home. This was six months after we got there. Mm. I said, my husband and I found a home right here in Washington, D.C. And all through the hospital for several days, they were people were saying, you're really going to stay. <laughs> you, wow. you are going to stay. And I said to them, I said, let me tell you something. I came here committed to you. I brought my husband and my high heel shoes. Oh. I'm not going anywhere. Husbands and in high so heels. Now we can move. They had to believe in me first. I had to build trust. I told them I brought my shoes. I said I brought my husband and my shoes. I'm not going anywhere. Thank you so much, uh, Anita. I just uh, appreciate your leadership and, and just all that you've poured into me personally. Anita Jenkins, CEO, Howard Hospital, doing phenomenal work in, in the DMV. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you, Sam, for having me. Take care. Live from the Paragon 7 Studios, you are listening to the Lunch Jane Radio Network. Paragon 7 Studios. This is James Lewis, host of the Lanch Day Radio Network HealthCast series. When I was a quality executive, I spent many years working with Episource on chart retrieval, coding, and their analytics platform. This is the time of year where health plans are focused on their final push for risk adjustment to close out 2021 dates of service. Identify HCC gaps. Stratify at both the member and provider level with Episource analysts. Episource combines intelligent technology and a team with many years of subject matter expertise. For a demonstration request, go to www.episource.com. It's time to switch to T-Mobile. Right now, pay zero cost when you do. Keep your number and keep your phone. We'll even pay it off. Only at T-Mobile, the leader in 5G. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmode Squad. I think some sometimes people, you know, they get fuzzy when it comes to my crew. But let me tell now, y'all, there's no I don't, group. I don't think anybody gets fuzzy. And I'm going to say this loud. I'm going to say this proudly. There's no group like my group. Now, there's been groups, but not like my group. Right. James Lewis. See, my group, we never tarnished none of our albums. Right, right, right. That's number one. Mm. And everything we put out That's deep. went plaque. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network.